Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Hello and welcome to the last in the current series of Countryside here on Manx Radio. I'm Simon Clark. And I'm Kimmy Kermode. This week we hear from auctioneer Peter Quayle on how the year has been trading cattle and sheep. And I went along to Moorhouse Farm down the south of the island to speak to well-known singer and farmer as well, Paul Castain. But fast approaching the, the festive times and uh, a couple of people that we're talking to today, Kerry, uh, like ourselves, uh, they're looking forward to Christmas. And, uh, you know, with, with the farm inside of it, it's got so much tradition. Um, the feeding up, the looking after the animals has to continue. But there is something special about sitting down for that. Christmas Day. It really is special Simon. I think especially on farms it is a nice day to sit down, reflect with all of the family on the year that has passed but also to give thanks for the food that we have on the tables. A lot of it homegrown, locally grown we may even know the farmer that's produced it if it is Manx. And Peter Quayle like he says offering turkeys and poultry at this time of year but also the good quantities of beef and lamb and pork that's available from the island's butchers too for that special Christmas Day. Yeah and uh, the snow and cold weather has it caused much trouble for you oh as we mentioned in last week's program about the icy water pipes it was the case they uh, they did freeze up in some parts that didn't have the the lagging on it to keep them uh, insulated but that's part and parcel with farming and everything's got to be checked and and like you say on christmas morning the routine doesn't stop there out to see the stock and then in your dinner. Yes, the farm always smells different at Christmas, doesn't it? Somehow, doesn't it? It is. It's always yeah. cheerful as well. But uh, a lot happens uh, at the marts around the Isle of Man. Well, just one, of course, now. And uh, you spoke to the auctioneer. Yes, I spoke to auctioneer Peter Quayle, and I asked him how the marts have been this year. It, we would have liked it to have been a bit busier. Um, there are just one or two less sellers now, and uh, we've still got maybe one or two less buyers as well. Um, the cattle that have been forward have made decent prices, um, but they need to be as well as for people to keep a cow all year and then sell a calf. They, they just need a, a good price. And, and the price that they're then, after those people, farmers buy them and then sell them at the meat plant, and the meat plants have been giving good prices, but we do have a worry about the meat plant because un- unless they're functioning totally correctly and properly, then our customers can't don't have the confidence to sell and buy, especially as there's been such stagger at times at the, at the meat plant. So we sort of work together, but we do need that meat plant to be sorted out and running efficiently and properly and no staggers and just get on with it. It's supposed to be a, one of the best meat plants in the world, so uh, there's room for improvement. We're just not sure whether the minister realises the importance or to get on and do the job right. Yeah, this is it. The sense of urgency, isn't it? Especially as input costs are rising on farms, Peter. Uh, yes, the costs just continue to rise, as they do with every other profession. Um, but the farmers are at a disadvantage when they buy their stock. They haven't a clue what they're going to be worth when it comes to selling them. Uh, the autumn sales was is mainly the, um, the suckled calves, but we do have a few lambs as well and uh, breeding sheep sales, and they went... They went quite well, and the ram sales. Um, there is just that limited market on the island, which uh, at times some of the stock does need to be exported because it can't all stay on the island. Um, but we do appreciate that the Manx public are supporting our product. Um, we got the milk 
Uh, the milk and cheese, it's super cheese. It's disappointing to see that some of the supermarkets seem to just promote imported cheeses, which just seems bizarre. Um, the beef and the lamb is always good quality, and it's nice to see that in some of the other supermarkets. And, um, and then there's pork. So there's a, always a good selection of Manx products. We just hope that... And the Manx people do really support at m lots of them. I mean, it is... Dependent. We have seen a massive shift in the support you see on social media, whether it's behind the, the, the creamery or Isle of Man Meats or, or whatever small producers, even honey or Manx, just Manx made products. They are getting behind it. They are obviously conscious of food miles and obviously everything that's happening with global warming as well. Um, there's so many factors. It's a job just to know which to concentrate on or which one is who's telling the truth. I have a problem with the governments because the English government have let their agricultural industry down. I'm not sure whether our, our own DEFA, are they fully supportive or, in fairness, it's a job to know what is the best way to support because the support schemes seem to have turned around and w when we drive around the country and we see lovely fields of different colours and well-farmed and then you see farm fields are left to go and they just look awful with rushes and... Um, and yet they're the ones that have been encouraged by, by the department to allow nature to and look after the birds, bees, butterflies, insects and everything else. But it seems ludicrous to, to go down that route when there's so many people in the world not having enough to eat. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of those countries aren't able to afford to buy it. But there's got food will be wanted. You can't just keep on increasing world population and reducing with the food that we produce, it's a crazy situation. And with all of that said, Peter, obviously, you, like you touched on there, the environmental scheme that's in, in place at the moment, it, you know, is it benefiting all of the farmers on the island? And no, and David Bellamy seems to be the one who's trying to implement it, and he's very helpful. But it's, it just goes against the grain, and people say, well, we're just old-fashioned or whatever, but it, it, it just doesn't seem right to go so far down that route and I'm sure England are changing their minds and Wales and Ireland and Scotland they're developing their own schemes which are more towards the production of good of good stock which the Isle of Man can do. That's it it's just getting that balance isn't it between production and nature and like you say food security is absolutely paramount here especially on an island. Yeah I think the, the milling wheat producers have been let down totally and um, something should be done that that's just criminal the way the mill is not putting out contracts or not bringing in new wheat each year because they, they, they can't just keep wheat in a silo that will last forever. It just doesn't add up. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to be talked about and, and uh, gets to be, get, to be gotten to be sorted out very sharpish as well. And going back to now, Peter, the winter weather, it's pretty cold, miserable out there. Um, it is winter. We do expect a bit of hard weather. Um, we've just come through two heavy uh, grounds. It's been pretty icy and hard. But as long as the sheep and cattle outside have got something to eat and shelter, they're okay. Um, it is. It does kill the bugs, and we think, and so we always like a little bit of frost about. Don't think there was any last year. No. I think yeah, they, they probably <laughs> used, probably used more salt already than the, on the roads than they did in the whole of last year. Um, but other people, yeah. It, it's winter. We just we accept it. If we if we get a harder, tough enough time in winter, and we 
get a nice spring and summer, that's as much as we can ask for. No, absolutely. And talking of uh, the Christmas Mart, it's only around the corner. It's this coming Friday. Uh, yes, yes. Um, it's always well decorated. We've got a good team. Um, Gordon Clegg and Roger Chadwick and Murray, they seem to revel in putting decorations <laughs> everywhere. Um, we, we have the Crosby Silver Band. They arrive at one o'clock. Um, there are some stalls and we also have some excellent catering if anybody wants to come for lunch or dinner or, or a cup of tea and something to eat. Um, and we have some turkeys to sell which are all dressed, well presented and some geese as well. It's and But the carols sing in the first half an hour. Lots of people enjoy that as well. Yeah. And that's it. It's getting out and about and enjoying Manx local festivities, isn't it? And touching on the poultry, the industry across in the UK have had it really, really bad. I do hear from some of the local butchers that do import some of the, the Christmas turkeys and geese that they've been hard come by. So the Christmas Mart out at Nokalo might be the place to be. It could be the place to be. But always remember that if you can't get turkey or goose, there is excellent Manx beef or lamb about and... It makes a good Christmas dinner. It, it really does that. And this year, Peter, will you be having the, the charity auction as well? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, I think. Um, one, one person, uh, Kenny Sloan, has been giving a turkey for the last uh, 30 years, maybe. Oh, and it's you. auctioned, and, and then often it's put back in and auctioned again. Sometimes it's sold six or seven times, and I think we raised about £1,000 each year. Um, and that money is split between two charities. It's um, Isle of Man Breast Care and uh, Motor Neuron Disease Society. So it yeah. goes to good. Sometimes it's other causes, but it's mainly those two. Yeah, and that said, everybody loves to support charity, especially the local charities. They do so much, especially in the farming community too. Uh, yes, we've, well, we've, had, we've known one or two in the farming community with the Motor Neuron Disease, and well, we've seen Doddy Weir and... Um, Who's the other guy? Uh, Rob, uh, Rob, Burra, yeah. Rob, Rob Burrows. And the, the technology that they have that they can talk through computers w with their eyes is just unbelievable. And uh, one or two of uh, Ian Cowell, who was a cracking lad, and, and he had that, and he was able to just speak on, the, on his last few days, which they wouldn't have been able to understand anything. And uh, it's just amazing. Yeah. Technology so it, is yeah, changing. This is it, the investment into them charities. Uh, you know, every, every penny counts, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. And so what time, Peter, and where for the, for the Mart on Friday? Um, Any time. <laughs> uh, one o'clock, the, the carol start and the silver band, Crosby Silver Band. Jerry Wordsworth is uh, our, our conductor. And they do, they do a really nice job, and it's just got a nice ring through the Mart. So... Uh, any time then, after then. There we are, that was Peter Quayle talking about the sales throughout the year, agriculture in general, and the fast-approaching Christmas Mart on Friday. Yeah, and Peter's so great because, uh, like he mentions there, he, he, he's good at uh, looking at the, the stock that's in, the cattle, the sheep, that could be anything, and Peter would have a, a reasonable knowledge of them. A vast knowledge, mm. a, a great man in the farming community, and always on hand to offer help as well for any of the young people getting involved too. But and all, that's so important, isn't it? No, so, yeah. so important. But also there, the, the Christmas poultry mart with the, the carols, the singing, the mince pies, and all of the hospitality that goes with it. The team out at Central Marts puts in such a big effort and a, a nice close for the year. <laughs> Thank you.
You're listening to Countryside here on Max Radio with Kiri Kermode and myself, Simon Clark. Well, a well-known figure in the agricultural world, in the farming world, and also in the cultural side of singing and dancing. Well, maybe not so much the dancing, but one such person is Paul Castain from Moorhouse Farm down the south of the Isle of Man. We spoke about Christmas and his famous nativity plays, but firstly I put him to them. It must be fairly difficult where he's living with the variety of land. Um, in the south, yeah, we've got a lot of hill land, a lot of low land, um, mixture of flat to, to high. I think we go up to about uh, 1,600, 1,700 feet. Um, so, yeah, we've got... Uh, we're pretty self-sufficient in uh, breeding stock. We breed our own um, replacements. Um, we fatten our own lambs although getting them into the abattoir is a difficulty at the moment. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we try and grow enough winter, winter crops for fattening lambs, uh, enough cereal to fatten cattle. Um, it's just the processing, getting them processed in time, really. Yeah, so uh, the variety of it, has that, has that always been the case on this farm from your um, side of things or when you were younger, was it different then? Um, we've we've grown quite a bit um, since I was a young lad. We, we sort of virtually had about two, 250 acres and we're, um, we're quite a bit bigger than that now. Um, luckily, uh, we've sort of expanded um, outwards really, so we're all pretty joining all the landers are joining really um, so when it comes to moving stock if we can move them via the the land it's it's easier um, certain stretches we have to um, we've got some good neighbors well they'll come and help us move them on the road but yeah for green efficiency it's um, it's far better that Michael and, and I can move them with the quad bike um, you might have seen them coming down slock um, from Glen Russian and the hill land coming down for the winter. And that's what I find really interesting. This is what we've been doing for a thousand years, Simon. Um, Castain is a sort of a, a Viking name derived from, so the scholars tell me, Thorstein. So um, Castain is the modern word of Thorstein, and Colby is uh, a Norwegian, Scandinavian name, Viking name. Um, by which is the black village, Colby and obviously there's no coal but I think with all the wood in the glen they used to make charcoal and by um, the Colby is part of the by which is uh, like a, a settlement a, a village so Erie Cushlin, Erie Stain these are all Viking names Erie is summer grazing so we move the, the livestock up to the summer grazing and then we bring them home in the winter time so effectively they're all all coming home now. Um, I've been a bit distracted with singing over Christmas in November. It started in November and it's still going on. Only a couple of more uh, um, carol services and solos to perform. Um, and then it's sort of still trying to catch up with the farm work. <laughs> but but it's the, the the land itself. I mean, obviously I'm used to the the northern sort of land, but this this particularly good for grass and grazing more than anything or is it quite versatile for everything versatile we've got a lot of rough grazing and this this is where the the, the native breeds benefit they can utilize these poorer grasses um, so we've got a small fold of highland cattle got the blacky hill sheep um, 
So we've we've introduced a few highlands onto the hill. Um, they can process this sort of rough rough heather better. Um, uh, sheep is more selective in its grazing, but the cattle tend to sort of take a big mouthful, and then obviously they're fertilising the seeds, and it's passing. It's getting trampled in with their when they sort of not quite poaching the ground, but they can press the press the seeds into the ground. So, yeah, it's all part of the environment, and um, you know, as I said before, it's like it's. I feel as if we've been doing it for a thousand years, although I haven't I haven't been around that long. But um, certainly, this must be about. Um, my 40th, oh, 40, about 45 years of feeding cattle and Christmas time. Um, I hope my father's listened because I think it's about his his turn to feed the cattle. <laughs> he's only 91, he's got, or nearly 91, he's 90, so he's got no excuses to get out and feed the cattle and give me a, a day off or a few hours off. Does it's been difficult time weather-wise. There've had loads and loads of rain at once, and now we've got the cold and the frost. How has uh, how have you been coping with that? Well, it started in the summer, didn't it? Really, with the dry, the dryness. Um, we found a lot of the natural water sources were drying up, so we've had few IBCs, and we're filling filling containers, uh, bringing it to the cattle. Certainly on the bradder, bradder suffered quite a bit. Um, yeah, and then the rain. Um, we're fortunate that we've got this sort of diversity in the in the hill land, and we've got different. The down here, it's it's a bit it's sandier, it's a bit drier. Um, on the slopes, it's sort of uh, the water runs off, um, and the cold weather. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> flipping water pipes are freezing up at the moment. That's that's the problem because animals need the water. Um, and then a lot of the little natural streams and ditches have dried up, so we're having to sort of locate the cattle and the sheep where, where there's a natural water supply. Because it's, I think this last winter we didn't have any frost or, or icy weather at all, um, and it's just amazing. I do a bit of sea swimming, so it's, it's interesting to see that the sea temperature is 10 degrees, and yet the, the land temperature is about 3.5, isn't it? So it's actually warmer in the sea, so... Not that I advocate going out and jumping in the sea to get warm. <laughs> but it's a, a big juggling act, isn't it? So. Yeah, it's moving it's moving animals around from A to B. and um, Yeah, it, I'm sure you could devise a board game, a farming board game, where you've got, you know, because you do get gridlocked at times and places, and then um, you try and have the, the sheep home or near a home when they're lambing, so you haven't got to drive as far, and the same with the cows. Um, a lot of the native breeds I've got, um, the Galloway, the Angus, um, some Herefords, Shorthorn, Beef Shorthorn, um, cross with the Highlands, they, uh, they've got a thicker skin and they can survive healthier out. Um, so you know, I try and save, uh, save in housing them because it's quite a bit more expensive with the straw um, and then if they can... Uh, they can be out. Um, I think it's only the, they don't mind the rain, um, it's just a combination of the wind and the rain, as long as they've got a bit of shelter that way. Um, they, they prefer, uh, they prefer being out, to be honest, yes, yeah. The, uh, to cheer them up, we often hear stories, obviously with your singing, singing talents, well, and of yeah. course, wait, <laughs> the, the uh, reigning Cleveland medal champion oh, from man. the Guild. Oh, I mean, yeah. are these true about the practice and the singing with the cows and getting their reaction? <laughs> Certainly the cows, the cows don't, 
the cows will stop and listen, but the, the biggest competition I've got is the bull, actually. Now, whether he thinks I'm trying to give them some uh, uh, a love duet, chatting, uh, them uh, chatting them up with a, <laughs> with a love aria, and the bull starts bellowing. And on a still, the problem is, yeah, we have these, Father and I used to have these management meetings where discussions would get heated and the sound would carry. And I think that's where I've got my singing voice. Uh, learning to uh, classical music, opera especially, is, is my sort of, my, my passion. And then, you know, uh, projecting one's voice to get louder than your father. And um, so on a still day, you know, they can hear me in Port Air. And certainly on a, on a Sunday, I've got to keep it down because people going to church can hear me <laughs> but you, you've sort of um, been renowned over the years for having your nativity plays and the singing and the carols in one of your barns in the here. barn yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was sort of breached a bit by covid was it yeah um well it started off i was um i loved what um the um, Baptist Church did at St John's, and I found that very moving. That interaction with the public, the animals, and the story, um, and of course, what what happened with um, um, Mr. and Mrs. Kenyuk at uh, at their farm outside Peel. I, I just loved that whole um, setup, really, and how animals are a part of the story of uh, the birth and. Um, and they do have uh, you, you can you can see animals interacting with each other, and um, I'd like to think that they've they've their spirit and their 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 thought is uh, especially at Christmas time. Um, so yeah, we try and run Bala Bethlehem. Um, we're going to do it this year. We've got our local local politicians as the wise men. You did well to find three of them, didn't oh, you? Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, well, our, our, our local MHK is a super, and, uh, a super. They they sort of great, uh, great to help out and be a part of the community. So it's nice to involve them, and and then we've got uh, Philip and Ashley Kringle as Joseph and Mary. Um, so that'll be Philip will be great as Joseph, and uh, Ashley will as uh, as Mary. Um, and of course, um, we miss Noel. And Mary very much. Um, Noel was the narrator, but this year we've got Caldrick Randalls. Um, certainly, if you're in government, you'll know Caldrick. Um, he's uh, in charge of all the civil servants. So Caldrick is going to be our narrator. Um, he's a great, a great character. Um, who else? We've got the Southern Bells as the angels. So they're going to give us a few renditions of a few heavenly choruses of uh, popular songs. Well, listen, it's uh, great to talk to you as always, Paul, and uh, uh, wish yourselves and all your family and all the animals as well. Happy Thank Christmas you. and, yeah, Merry and Christmas. all the best for the new year. And all my colleagues in the industry and uh, um, all the dairy farmers we're thinking of, you're doing the milking sort of twice a day and all the people that are, are out there. And yeah, we credit all credit to all the farmers um, for providing food for the nation to eat and enjoy. Paul Gustain telling us uh, about uh, the nativity plays, his singing, and also uh, what goes on on his farm and what was happening when he was growing up, and particularly at Christmas time as well, and never short of a word. <laughs> never at all. But he always looks so well in his uh, fancy dress there for the nativity, and everybody can follow him there on social media, uh, Morehouse Farm. But uh, always a character and a, and a great singer. And I remember him when he used to come to our farm when I was small, and my granddad was there, and he'd always admire 
admire Paul for his singing and just break out in tune as he was going across the yard. Uh, great memories, but uh, for anyone that knows him, uh, entertainment at Morehouse always. <laughs> great stuff. Well, that's it for this week's Countryside and for this series as well. We'll be back in the new year and the next series. All that uh, is left for us to say is to wish, uh, firstly, you, Kerry, and your family a very happy Christmas and uh, have a good new year. And to all our listeners as well, I'm sure you echo them thoughts. Absolutely. It's been a great year, and thanks to all of the producers here at Manx Radio 2. Indeed, Kiri, especially to our editors of the programme, the producers, Christy Davin, and also Howard Kane as well. All the best to you for that. And, uh, well, just one left, I suppose, for the farming uh, community to get to on Friday. That's it, Friday the 23rd, 1 o'clock at Nokalo out in Peel for the Christmas Mart. So that's it for Countryside. We'll see you in 2023. From me, Simon Clark. And me, Kiri Gurman. We'll see you then. Happy New Year. Bye-bye.